Hey friends, you're listening to the Student Ministry Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, lead you closer to Jesus, and help you follow Him more faithfully. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hello people, how you doing? I'm glad to hear that. Well, I want to actually jump straight in because this message is five pages long and I was told to sum it up in 20 minutes. So, whew. Anyway... My name is Vincent. Um, many of you may know me as the junior high boys leader, or the seventh grade boys leader. Um, many of you know, may know me as the janitor here. I'm one of the janitors of five janitors, or just a teacher, or just Vincent, right? And, but I'm humbled that Danielle has actually given me this opportunity to share this, because this was something that was weighing heavy on my heart personally. I think the mic is going haywire. All right, sounds good. But we're continuing our series, uh, Your New Playlist, and what it's about is kind of resetting your mind on what God wants you to think in situations, because in life there's going to be a lot of hardships and there's going to be a lot of difficulties. But at the end of the day, the Lord's always there. And I just wanted to, um, actually I'm going to put this over here, it's probably easiest anyway, Josh does this. We have a lot of fears in life. And as I go along this message, a lot of people are going to be familiar with all the things I'm about to bring up because I was here in this situation uh, a few nights ago, actually. And actually, I want to bring up an example of what I'm going to be talking about. Who here has played Fortnite? Yeah? Yeah? Well, I play a lot with my students. And by the way, it's, it's just playing with my students. I'm not actually addicted to the game. You can stop clapping now. But, well, you're, you're, you're involved in this, too. When I play with them, I am not good at the game. I'm bad at the game. Like, man, I'll die. No, stop. I will die at the game, right? So I always play with any of these guys or anyone, um, anyone who's willing to play, but they always carry me, right? Eisen, you're probably familiar with what I'm talking about. Eisen literally carried me a whole round. But while I was playing with any of these guys, a lot of times they go before me. And they'll try to find the last guy, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get sniped. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Oh my gosh, you left me behind. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, found him. And then a millisecond later, we get the win. And I'm like, oh, I should have just trusted in that, right? And a lot of you may see where I'm going with this. The Lord in our situations always goes before us, right? And a lot of times, even while he's still working, we love to be like, Lord, what's going to happen? Lord, my financial situation is going to end in toll havoc. Lord, is this relationship going to work? Lord, am I going to make the cut? But actually written in Matthew 6, 27, Jesus says, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life, right? So basically one thing that God's taught me is that if I'm anxious about what's to come and what's currently going on, I'm not really going to change anything. I'm honestly just going to spend the time I could have been worshiping God and praising God and seeking his face, but I'm in bed worrying Right? And I'm not trying to denounce um, real-life conditions like depression and anxiety, but in the situations where a lot of the times it's circumstances that cause the anxiety or circumstances that cause the depression, that's when we kind of lay down, we shut down when we're afraid, right? Now, the thing is, is Fortnite does not have much to do with adding a single hour to your span of life, by the way. I mean, if anything, it wastes time, but not to diss Fortnite. But... Why I brought up that particular example is because if we forget 
and we start questioning, Lord, 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 or we just keep saying, Lord, 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 is this going to make it? Am I going to do this? A lot of times our hearts are set on, will this happen in my own time, right? Because a lot of times when situations come along, by the way, if, if we're creating a circle of things, many things that we wish we controlled are not in our control, Right? In fact, in, uh, if you keep reading into Matthew, Matthew 8, 24 through 25, it says, And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus was asleep, and they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. Now, to add context to that, Jesus and his disciples, they were, you know, they're going all over the Galilee, right? And that's a region in Israel. And what happened is, is all of a sudden, and by the way, Galilee is the second lowest place on earth. And why that's important is because storms, when a storm comes, it just, it hits you. You don't even see it coming, right? When you're living here, you may see the clouds from a distance, like coming in from the ocean. So you're prepared for it. You're like, okay, we, we know the storm's coming. But the Galilee, it's a very low place. So if a storm comes, oh, right over that mountain, it, it's too late, right? It just hits you. And a lot of times, that's how troubles happen in life. Like in my own life, I, uh, I grew up thinking, uh, man, my life is actually, I actually said this prayer once. I got on my knees, I was like, Lord, my life is very good. When's the trouble going to start? And literally like a week later, quarantine hits, and I, I, I don't want to take credit for that, but he probably was like, whoa, uh, I'm going to answer that prayer in a different way. It's like, okay. Uh, I wasn't asking for a, uh, a massive sickness to spread, but okay. But... While the waves of the water were crashing on the boat and causing confusion and chaos, Jesus was sleeping. Now, by the way, Jesus, I love him so much. And I'm like, Lord, if I were one of your disciples, I would have just let you sleep because you were probably doing a lot. He was probably one of those guys that would go to bed early and get up super early before the sun rose, right? And he'd go and do his thing. But he was probably exhausted. And the storms, when the storms came, he knew his father had him right? This, this isn't the first time Jesus shows that he has, like, this immense faith. Like, the Lord's not going to let him go. First time, he's in the wilderness. Satan's tempting him, and Satan's just kind of like, you're going to go hungry, Jesus, if you don't eat sometime, and Jesus is like, he's not going to let me go. He's not going to let me perish, because I know what I have to do. You're just trying to get me to go off God's plan, and then there's the second time where they're about to throw Jesus off a cliff because he goes preaching in his hometown. And they're just like, no, this is the son of a carpenter. There's no way he's the Messiah. And Jesus is just like, well, I'm going to walk right through the crowd. Literally did that, right? That's when I actually read that scripture. I was like, whoa. I was just imagining that. But Jesus, if we're continuing in 26, it says, and he said to them, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? I've been there. But see, I've been following Jesus since I was, well, born. Anyway, but I made that commitment when I was eight years old. And even today, I still say, what kind, who is he? Right? Who is this that redeems me in my depression? Who is this that redeems me in my anxiety? Who is it that redeems you in your depression and your anxiety? A lot of times we still question, even though we've been following him a long time. Because let's be real. I don't actually, I didn't look into it before, but the disciples were probably following Jesus for a long time, and Jesus had to say over and over again, I'm the chosen one, I'm the Messiah, and they're still like, who is this guy? Who is this that calms the sea in the storm, right? But if there's one thing I know too, is when we walk with God, the minute we give our lives to God, it's like, okay, God, all sunshine, rainbows, and Skittles, and Mountain Dew, and Doritos, and 
I'm, I'm in full control here. And then God's like, yeah, that's not the point, actually. The point is, is that now I'm in full control, right? So we lose control over things, right? And we let God kind of take the helm on things. Now, I, I was actually going to put a video up here of a guy crashing a boat into a dock. I was like, because I couldn't find one. But, <laughs> but the reference was, if I try to take the helm from Jesus, I'm going to be the one doing that. <laughs> Seriously. But still, Jesus asked him, like, why you, why, you have little faith. Why are you doubting? What's going on there? You've been following me for how long? Why are you surprised? Don't you know that he's the son of God? But even they were still questioning it, right? There's another story where uh, Jesus goes back out onto the Sea of Galilee. And, well, one of his disciples gets bold. He's like, hey, Jesus. Uh, and this is Peter, by the way. I wish I would have known that guy. Jesus, uh, well, if it's you, because uh, well, my brother thinks you're a ghost. Andrew's like, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. If it's you, call me out on the water, and I will walk right to you. And Jesus said, come. So Peter gets out. You know, there's a storm, and it actually says in verse 28 of, I didn't put the scripture. Oh, yeah. 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why that humbles me is because I, 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 would, I would never be worthy of going up to, like, praying to God. I'm like, man, I can't believe Peter doubted. You know, you're the son of God. Water and waves aren't going to hit me. And then I realized, spiritually, yes. Right? When I was 15, um, I don't even know how it happened or why it happened, but I chose to trust in God because it was absolutely on my side of my control. I literally woke up with depression, and I was in bed for days. Like, I looked terrible. And, you know, my, my uh, mom's friend came over, and she just was like, Vince, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know what this feeling is because I've never had this. She's like, you're depressed. I'm like, what? what? This is what it feels like? It's terrible. She's like, of course it's terrible. It's the waves. You're thinking, you're overthinking, your heart's racing every night, and you stay awake, and a lot of times we just stay awake in silence, but we don't say, Lord, save me. So I started to do that. No matter how hard it how, no matter how hard it was, I started to sink in my fear, and I said, Lord, save me. And I said that over and over and over and over again until one day, I don't even know how it happened, but I woke up and I, it was gone, right? That doesn't always apply to everyone, though. A lot of times there's people that have to ask more, and a lot of times God uses that, and he molds us, and he, he uh, makes us into be more like his son, right? But... The one thing that I don't regret doing, and I, I pray and I hope that when these things, if these things come along for you, you keep your gaze on him, right? Now, humble carpenter from Nazareth, right? He's walking on water. It's just like, whoa, what's going on, right? They don't even know, but that's the embodiment of the living God. On the water saying, come to me. And all of us, many of us, you know, we give our life to Christ and we're just so assured. We're just like, yeah, no, this is going to work out. You know, I'm going to walk. But then the wind and the waves, it just starts, get, we start becoming confused. And Jesus is like, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. He says it over and over again, but we still sink and the Lord still comes to our rescue. He's not going to let us sink being like, oh, man, they didn't put their faith in me. They're not worthy to be my followers. No. The very fact he chose those followers 
fishermen who probably had tempers and were just all over the place, maybe getting in the fights, that shows his heart towards us who struggle, right? It says in Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. Now, by the way, uh, if you've ever seen a picture of King Tut's sarcophagus, he's holding a rod and a staff. Rod meant kingship. Staff meant shepherd, right? I'm leading my people. I got, I got the staff. But my rod means my authority. Christ has authority over your storms. But a lot of times we ask God, we're just like, Lord, what do we do? And nothing happens. And we just kind of are met with silence, right? But when we live life in relationship with Christ, it does not mean you won't fear or lack stumbling. In fact, it gets hard. It says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, And when you live a life, or wait, no, sorry. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Right? It says in Isaiah 40, 31, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up the wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And then it continue, I continued it with Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. And then he says one more time, wait for the Lord. Sometimes we need that extra reassurance, right? It's just like wait for the Lord. Ah, oh, it's not going to help. Just stop and be still and wait for the Lord. But if there's one thing I grew up thinking, and uh, probably reached my 16th year, and what I was doing was I started getting into trouble. Yes, I was uh, someone who liked to trespass a lot. I trespassed in the pri- private property. That's not, nope, don't clap at that. I trespassed in the private property. I, uh, I actually tagged places with spray paint. And my dad's a cop, so um, when he found out about, well, was a cop, so when he found out about that, I wasn't met with the best thing. But it was more than just that. The conviction of God is like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing, Vince? And a deeper heart problem was that I felt empty. I had a bunch of friends who, you know, would take advantage of me and would just use me. And if they got into trouble, oh, he was a part of it. You know, I got the extra buddy to, you know, get in trouble with me. And, you know, that was life for me. And then I became a jerk. And I became prideful. And I took advantage of people. And that went all the way up into even going to church. So I was living one life, I had one foot in heaven, one foot on earth, and God said, either you're all in, or you're all out, right? But also, the Lord knew my heart, and he said, there was a deeper heart problem. You were broken. But I didn't hand it to him, I didn't say, Lord, save me, I let myself sink into the water. Yet even as I was down there, I kept saying to, my, I kept saying to him one day, Lord, I need you, save me, Lord, I need you, save me, Lord, I need you. And he came to my rescue immediately right? Even a night ago, or a few nights ago, I was sleeping, or I was trying to sleep, and God loves to do this to me. He just likes to interrupt my sleep. And I felt him move in the room, and I was just like, I felt him kind of remind me, like, why are you treating yourself like God, and I'm like your servant, right? So I'm asking God to help me out with my life stuff, right? But I'm never even grateful. Like, oh, why aren't you grateful for what you already have? Because I'm, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm, over, I'm an overthinker, right? I've been an overthinker my whole life, and trust me, it doesn't work. But he's like, why don't you just lean on me? Why don't you just love me? Why don't you just ask me? You don't need to be ashamed of asking. You don't need to be ashamed of leaning on God. 
Trust me, a lot of, uh, a lot of us, I'm going to say a lot of us guys in my friend group, we love being the bigger one, like having control, right? We love being the, quote, protectors. So when I even mentioned, oh, yeah, sur- uh, you know, when you have a relationship with God, you surrender. They were like, whoa, okay. Uh, so you're talking about weakness? I'm like, no, uh, I'm just talking about strength redefined. You see, the worldly definition of strength is to hold it in, bottle it up, and hide it. Oh, you're not man enough, or oh, you know, man up, or get over it, right? I've heard all that over and over again. Even people that have counseled me, they love to jump in, and they love to say, just get over it. And a lot of times that doesn't help. But God, he just listens and listens and listens, and that's something I'm grateful for. But I want to sum it up, because it all comes down to this. Who are you trusting? Right? One thing I like to do is get up every morning. I like to scroll on this. I'll tell God the night before, Lord, I'm going to read my Bible tomorrow. I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to love you tomorrow. I'm going to put you first. And I will literally get on my phone. I'll be like, I remember saying that, but I kind of feel like scrolling. You know, I feel like watching funny memes or something like that. Man, my brother sends me like 46 of them a day. I got to catch up. It's not Dom, it's my brother Tony. If you ever run into him, you can confront him about that. It's my twin brother. But I want you to close your eyes. Do me that solid, do me that solid. Close your eyes. Do you feel like you're drowning in sorrow? Do you have those sleepless nights where your anxiety continues to be? Do you, Im- imagine it. Where you're thinking, what's going to happen with my parents? Or that sick relative, what's going to happen there? Or my financial situation, what's going to happen there? Or my college assignments, what's going to happen there? Do you have depression? Do you struggle with habitual sin? Do you feel like you're drowning in sorrow? Do you feel like you have to change yourself for those who you think love you? Now, I want you to think of yourself on the sea. And there's all the winds and the waves and the worries and the the storm of life. And you're just, there's Jesus right there. And this is my question. As you're walking towards him, you say, who is God? That's a very dry, bland question. Who is God? Right? A lot of us may say, well, he's the king of the universe. Oh, he's the the almighty God. Oh, well, uh, you know, he's, he's the God of the Bible. Right? But then you have to understand who God is deeply. Higher than any human comprehension. Exalted himself in the heavens. Omniscient, all-knowing. All omnipresent, all-there. Omnipotent, all-powerful. There is a God who, if he unveiled himself as he truly is, we could not even comprehend relating to. All-powerful. He is seated beyond our comprehension Yet when one sparrow drops dead, he notices. Or when one tear drops, he's quick to listen. When a lily alive in the fields blows and dances, he notices. This God, whom seems so 
vast and great beyond our comprehension is sitting right there in front of you in the form of a human because he wanted so much so to relate to you that he was willing to go down. By the way, a lot of pastors here say it's like him dropping down to a worm. I'd say no, less than that compared to who he actually is. We're like less than atoms to him. And yet his thoughts for us outnumber the grains of sand. I'm in a geography class. If I ask my professor how many, how many grains of sand are there in the universe, he's going to say, you are insane for asking such a question. Personally, thoughts for all of you personally outnumber the grains of sand on the earth. So you'd say trillions, if not outside the spectrum of numbers. He sees every tear. He keeps them in his bottle. It says that in the Psalms. But what are such thoughts? Every thought that outnumbers the grain of sand. Because we're like, oh, what, what are those thoughts? What, what is he thinking of me? Is he thinking poorly of me? You know, it says, my thoughts toward you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. He's before you on the wire, relating to you in the flesh. And he's saying, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And even as he consistently says that, and his voice is almost booming in our ears, the wind starts to drown it out. And the waves start crashing on our legs. And we say, God, save me, I'm sinking. And he comes, and he lifts you out, and he embraces you. That's God. The God of the universe just wants to know you. Even when you're messed up in anxiety, even when you're messed up. I'm a bro, I have... I'm not even worthy to be up here. That's why it humbles me to be up here. Because I was a flipping tagger. Excuse my mouth. I was a tagger. I took advantage of people. I was prideful. I did a a lot of bad stuff. (laughs) You know, Jim says I'm going to land the plane, but I'm going to ride the donkey into Jerusalem on this one. Sorry, I like that. If you're struggling with any addiction any questioning, any, anything that's causing you great anxiety, anything that's just, all those thoughts that continue to rush through your head, and you start questioning, God, where are you? Because you've asked over and over and over again, God, why aren't you answering to me? Why aren't you answering me? But then you start to realize you're becoming more loving. You're becoming more selfless. You're thinking of others before yourself. You're praying for others actively, not just for yourself. When that person cuts you off on the road, you're like, I hope you have a good day, sir. I was at Taco Bell today. Somebody mouthed us in the, uh, the uh, drive-thru, and I really wanted to get mad, but I was like, I hope you have a good day. You're just selfless. You become more loving, more content, more patient, more steadfast. And you realize at the end of it all, God is using that very trial that you're asking him to just deliver you out of like that to make you not more like the person you need to become, but to be more like his son. You see, it takes fire to refine gold. You see, when you find gold, it's not just immediately an ingot. You don't dig up an ingot. You dig up some clump of uh, shiny stuff, and you take it to be refined, and it goes through a brutal process. <laughs> I've watched it happen. They melt it, they, they mold it, and they have to do that process over and over again. And they don't just do it once until finally the person molding it sees his reflection in the gold. It actually says in the book of Revelations, he wants, us, he wants us to buy from him refined gold, and that's what it's referring to. 
So when we follow Christ, we shouldn't expect to be all, okay, well, if I enter the valley, he's just going to immediately take me out of it. He's going to lead you through it. He's going to refine you in the process. So that one day you adore him so much that when you see the living God, for who he is, by the way, curtain, curtain's been lifted. You just want to run into his arms. You're not afraid. Because you know him, and he knows you. But the bottom line is, God wants to see his son in you. If you put your trust in him through the hard times and believe in knowledge that trial produces perseverance, if you lean on him in such trials, he'll get you through it. He will. He will hear you and change you. But always remember, if God, if you feel like God's ignoring you, he's not. He's listening. Because that night after I got done praying, I am way over time, wow. That night when I got done praying, I was just, I didn't hear an answer. And, you know, I don't believe, uh, you know, there's all these people on YouTube that kind of talk about, like, I got a prophetic word for you. Like, a few of them I watched said in the 2020 election, Trump's going to win, God told me, and then the opposite happened. And, you know, you see that, how that would go. Like, oof, man, you got exposed by God. But this guy, all this guy had to say was, I just pressed this in random video, and all this guy had to say was, he's not ignoring you, he's listening to you, but he's working right now, and if he revealed to you such work, you wouldn't be able to comprehend it. I was like, wow. But even if that, you know, video didn't show up, that's still true for every one of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for uh, the message, God. Um, we thank you that you were able to share with us your inheritance, God. I just ask that anyone who's struggling tonight is, is encouraged and lifted, Lord God, and that if anyone needs prayer and if anyone needs to share something that's been on their heart, that they're not afraid to share it in life groups, God. That's what it's for. I just ask your protection over them tonight, and I ask uh, you help, um, help them to get it out to you, God, not to bottle it up, because you are close to the brokenhearted, you save the contrite in heart, God. I ask for your blessing on all these people, and that they go out and they remember these things. Let my words blow like chaff in the wind, and let your words stay sealed on their hearts, God. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all things. Amen.